Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Jerick Show. I am Javad Malik, and we have got an action-packed episode for you today. We are going to be talking about fingerprinting. We're going to be talking about uh, zero days, um, ransomware, as always, how uh, Zuckerberg has lost some change behind the, the sofa. And also, we have a very, very special guest who I'm very excited is going to be joining us. All that on today's episode. Welcome to The Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics, poorly presented. Eric Crone, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It's been uh, it's been a great week. You know, it's it's been a whole week since we've done this thing, but it's been a great week. It's been uh, very interesting. Uh, lots of stuff going on, which we'll talk about a little bit today. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been pretty good, man. Eric, as always, lots of words, nothing being said. So great <laughs> to have you back on the show. Um, <laughs> Okay, we have got a very special guest with us today. Uh, I'm really, really honoured. He, he he's agreed to join us. It's our colleague, and uh, our learned colleague. And uh, one of the reasons I joined you uh, 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 in this um, as as a colleague. So let's introduce Mr. Perry Carpenter. Hey, okay. and I'm here because I'm stuck because of travel delays. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole world today, right? <laughs> Everybody's stuck everywhere. Um, so we're happy for that fortuitous event that has you stuck due to snow. <clears throat> I yeah. would rather be stuck with no one else, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was a compliment, Javad. It, it yeah, was a, a half compliment. <laughs> It, it, it's like those those uh, those uh, questions you get. Like uh, you can only take three things and two people on a deserted island. What would you take? So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So Javad, what do we got going on today? So uh, Crimea River. Um, do you remember last year we spoke about it on this show, Eric, about how iOS had introduced some new privacy features where it was asking customers to approve or deny whether a certain app should track certain activities. Yeah. And uh, one of the most vocal uh, opponents to that was Facebook or Meta, should I say. And um, for good reason, because just on this week, they had their quarterly earnings call. And in the Q&A, their CFO um, said that, well, because of that, they're looking to lose about 10 billion in revenue this year that's with a b um, wow so things don't look so good because this was also the first time i think they reported a customer drop so they've always had added more customers every quarter this is the first time they lost customers as well not directly related to that but that coupled with that uh they lost like a significant uh you know, chunk of uh, their share price, and Zuckerberg, I think, personally, or his valuation dropped by twenty three billion. Like you said, uh, that's sofa. That's sofa money. He's like, that's what he grabs when he's going to go out and grab some wings on cheap wing night, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but it did raise the question: like, ten billion is that how much our data is actually worth to a lot of these companies? It, it's it's interesting putting a figure to it. Yeah, and it's a small amount. I mean, this is this is one thing of all of the stuff that they're they're pulling money in from, and I do think it's 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 rather interesting, you know, that uh, 
that the numbers dropped. And, and I have to wonder, are people just getting tired of social media? Are they getting burned out on this? Are they going to another platform? You know, we saw that mass exodus from um, uh, from MySpace years ago over to the Facebook platform. Are we going to see something similar going on right now? I, I don't know. Uh, but it is interesting to see that people actually left the platform for a change. Perry, what do you think about this? Yeah, I don't know. I think we're seeing more of a fragmentation of attention. So everybody's always looking for the next new thing. And so for a while, social audio was really big with Clubhouse. And I'm sure that that uh, took a little bit of a hit because people would spend, I mean, there were some people that were spending eight, 10 hours a day on yeah. Clubhouse and just participating in all that because they were starved for, um, you know, a, a lot more intimate type of attention. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I just mean like hearing somebody's voice was comforting rather than seeing words on a screen. So I think that there's been the exploration for whatever the next big thing is. And they've also been competing against Instagram and uh, other platforms like that for a while, even though, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of co-ownership across those things as well. But but I, I do think that that's it, is people are searching for what's the next big way that I can actually feel like there's connection. No, I, I think you're you're right. And and actually also in the in that earnings call, they spoke several times about video, about how they use their reels and their moments and how also they're looking to break out of only sharing in, in your friend's feed and making it more of a broader feed. So I think they're feeling a lot of the the attention span going uh, to creators on, say, like TikTok short form video and, and that kind of thing. So I think there's a number of things at play here. Yeah. But I, I, I think you're you hit on a key point about the social aspect, Perry. Well, and you bring up an interesting point, too. It's a very incestuous type of area. I mean, everybody is related to everybody else. Um, and, and, you know, everybody owns a little bit of this. There's WhatsApp under Meta and Facebook and, and Insta and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're all kind of, I don't know, competing with each other, but they are each other. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a weird thing that's happened as all these acquisitions are going on. And, and I don't know about you, but I know just with the people that I know, people are getting tired of the toxicity in a lot of the social media stuff. And they're just like, you know, I've had enough of this crap. I want to step away from this. It's it's become so polarizing and, and people are just getting burned out by it. I think as, as we get more exhausted, more tired, especially with COVID, uh, I think people want to doom scroll less than they used to. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed this year is people are interested in more, um, local group types of, of apps like neighborhood apps and uh, yik yak and things like that where it's it's all about what's going on in my community um and how can i how can i bring the toxicity that i had on facebook and express it against my neighbor instead <laughs> I, I think that's what I'm you know they have neighborhood groups in facebook so we have a lot oh, of yeah. that in our in our little neighborhood group it is it is completely um toxic but yeah no that's a good point i mean there's next door there's all these other places where you can rat out your neighbors for letting their lawn grow too long or they make too much noise at night or I don't like the way you drive or whatever. So, hmm. Excellent. Moving on to something a bit more technical. Uh, <laughs> Zimbra, zero day vulnerability actively exploited to steal emails. Uh, what's this about, Eric? Well, so uh, 
understanding that I'm American and I don't realize that there's anything outside of America, I'm not very familiar with Zimbra, but I understand that um, it's fairly well known in some other places. I mean, it, it seems like 140 different companies or uh, countries. Yeah. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of businesses, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a, a security vulnerability that allows people to uh, get in there. And yes, it is being apparently run by our favorite or our second favorite adversary. I don't know anymore. But, uh, you know, China, we, we always we always have to point fingers at China or Russia. Um, and, and here they are again, jumping in and doing the zero day stuff, stealing information, getting into people's emails. I mean, if we haven't realized by this time how how important it is to protect email, and I'm not just saying that because I wouldn't know before, but if we think about all of the things that happen through emails when they end up getting uh, getting compromised, I mean, turning around and, and firing off attacks within an organization and and all those kinds of things, it, it's it's no surprise that this is targeted so much by nation state actors. That's right. That's right. Harry, do you have any thoughts on the geopolitics of this all? <laughs> Not necessarily the geopolitics, but really just, I, I think, reinforcing that it's it's amazing the amount of power that simple access to email gives to somebody because it's either the data that you want is there or it's connect or there's a connection to something that's there or I can use email in order to impersonate somebody that has access to the thing that I need so that I can use that as a social engineering vector so it's a it's a nexus point for a lot of bad things um, and the other thing that I've noticed um, having a few different kids living in my house and coming through my house all the time you know um, talking to each other is the disconnect between the way that our generation views email and the generation that's coming up. There's there's a lot of lessons to be learned before they enter the corporate world and have to have this email client in front of them all day. Um, and I'm interested to see what that transition period looks like as we try to um, indoctrinate, I guess, an entire entirely new generation into what good email habits are and how to think about it properly. Maybe we're going to move to TikTok for business. I don't know. Well, right? I, I, think, I think what we see, though, with uh, with things like Slack and Discord is a move to different forms of collaboration. So you're not yeah. too far off the mark. Yeah. And even um, Slack, uh, I think, was what now says, hey, do you want to save time by not sending you know text? Do you, would you rather send a little video clip or an audio clip to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start sending you guys me dancing. All the time on Slack. Please don't. Oh, be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. You, you mean, could could it be better than this? It's raining men. Hallelujah. One of my better it, performances. It could yeah. be better than that. Um, <laughs> the, the good thing that, that Slack does in that, though, and, and I guess the scary thing at the same time, is when you do send an audio or video message, it transcribes all that automatically. Mm. Oh, okay. So don't think that when you send that to your friend um, that you can send them a big sexy time message and that that's not going to be noticed by the company that you work for. Well, I'm sure it'll be transcribed accurately, like so many other things are when you try to do like <laughs> sure voice to text. It's I mean... just pretty good at picking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it'll get yeah. about 70% of the idea across and the rest of it will be like, what in the hell is this person talking about? Yeah. <laughs> 
Then you should um, run it through Google Translate like five times. Then you've got a perfect yeah. answer. Oh, you know yeah. what? I, I actually did that with a colleague one time where I was working. And what we decided to do was we were going to use Google Translate to do, I want to say it was French all day. And we just had conversations from that. And it turned into just some ridiculous crap once or twice. When you translate to you and then you translate back, you know, it, it ended up like just crazy stuff. And, and it was it was a very interesting um thing to try to do for a little bit of time, assuming that you're using that uh, to con converse with other people in other languages, if you were to actually use that. Um, I, I highly don't recommend doing that. I don't, I don't know. I think the shadow brokers would disagree. It, <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Google Translate is used to make about 85% of those little instruction booklets you get with the Chinese stuff that you get in. And that's why we have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I, on a slightly more serious note, I have heard, read reports that there are some of these groups online on social media and they use alternate words that aren't banned. So say like they're anti-Jew, Jewish uh, groups, and they know if they don't want to be called out as what they are, so they'll use an alternative word. They might say, oh, the Toyotas, I hate Toyotas to mean something like that. I'm, I'm just yeah. using an example. So there are so, sort of like those ways that people will try to get, get around these, these kind of. <laughs> yeah. Words. But then your, your uh, text to, uh, yeah, your, your voice to text would take that and turn it into Toyota. Like the, yeah, toy you know, Yoda. I think that you would hate, you know, toy Star Wars <laughs> figurines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but, you know, someone did tell me a really good tip of how to defend yourself against um, Chinese-based threat actors. Uh, just reply to them and uh, mention um, Tiananmen Square Massacre, and that will automatically get their device blocked on, on, the, on the network, and uh, they can't attack you again. So, wow. Uh, security tip brought to you by the Jarek Show. Right, right. Um, Researchers use GPU fingerprinting to track users online. Um, I, I, I'm always interested in these researcher-led stories because they're, they're, they're often really cool, but, yeah. you know, they're, they're sort of like really good in a theoretical point of view. So are you going to correct me, Eric? Is this a real thing? Should I be worried? Um, I don't think we should be yet, um, but it did help considerably with tracking people. And, and, you know, we talked about Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, a.k.a. Toyota. Um, and, you know, the, the things that they do to track people. And then on the flip side, you have people that are trying to keep their privacy a little bit because come on, man. Um, and so this is yet another way to kind of get around that. So how do you keep privacy? Well, a lot of people will fire up a VPN. They'll use a browser that, uh, you know, an incognito browser that doesn't hold cookies and things like this, right? So that they're not tracked on every little thing they do. Well, what this is doing is actually through some very small code snippets, it's actually doing a fingerprinting on the GPUs on these. And where this scares me a little bit is, you know, you hop on a VPN to go do whatever you're going to do over here and you want it to be private, then you hop off the VPN to do your normal stuff. Well, this is a way that you could actually collaborate those two and make it into identifying that person off the VPN and having their real IP and basically putting that stuff together. And to me, it's getting scary how much data we leave out there and how much of this can be brought together and made into one person, you know, and basically uh, associated with a single individual. And that that to me has me a little bit concerned about this stuff. Um, 
but it, it's the world we live in. So what do we, we're going to have to counter this one way or another. And there's some ideas on how to do that. Um, but it, it is, it is an interesting research story and they are making some progress with this. Very good. Thank you. I have got nothing to add to that. It's way too <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quickly say that now ransomware is coming for our snacks, which is unacceptable. KP Snacks, I don't know whether they're they're big in the US, but over here they they supply all of our crisps and nuts, and like majority of them, and they were hit by ransomware. And they've said that it might take, they might be delays and shortages until uh, at the end of March. So uh, quite that, that's hitting too close to home for, for is, some of these people, is. right? Like, <laughs> and uh, and then Swissport uh, just just said today that they were uh, attacked uh, and delays and flights disruptions and what have you. And also there was a um, attack a few days ago against uh, a German sort of like fuel supplier. Yeah. And remember they, we, they, we, we saw that in Iran. It. Yeah. We saw that yeah. in Iran, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. And, and we had the pipeline thing happen here. Now it's hitting Germany. I mean, this is a pretty serious deal that these critical infrastructure things are being hit all the time. And, and I think that's a really important thing that we we have to understand and we have to be aware of. What do you think, Perry? I think I have to get back to my browser so I can unmute it. Uh, <laughs> oh, we caught him. He's not even paying attention to the no, This so, is fantastic. I mean... So I've I've been actually fascinated by the the story um, that you had a couple minutes ago on the device fingerprinting. So if, oh, if yeah. I can go back and make make one more comment there, um, yeah. uh, I think that we see those big stories about this one you know type of thing like a GPU fingerprint, and everybody's attention goes there. And and you rightly say, yeah, that's that's not the biggest deal right now, but. I don't think we should dismiss the fact that there's a ton of fingerprinting happening at the device level right now. You know, so if you've ever traveled and you go to a new location and then you try to log into your your, you know, whatever you try to log into and it goes, hey, this doesn't look right. We need you to um, re up your authentication in a couple of different ways now to make sure. Um, well, that's because, yeah, IP is part of that. Geolocation is part of that. But there's also other things that that are going on. So if you ever um if you switch to a new machine, the same thing happens, even if you're coming from the same IP that you were trusted at before. And it's because they're looking at a combination of factors. They're looking at IP, they're looking at geolocation, they're looking at um, browser configuration, they're looking at the type of processor that your computer, all these environmental variables that get sent up are the things that are being looked at. And there is a specific device fingerprint that comes along with that, that says, this is Eric, or this is um, this is Perry. And so this fingerprinting stuff, when it can be brought down to one component, yeah, that gets really scary because right now it's the collection of things. Yeah. Um, but it does lead into a conversation that, that Eric and I had yesterday with some of the, the Inside Man cast, where there's a scene where a character shreds a SIM card out of yeah. his phone um, so that he couldn't be tracked anymore. And somebody said, does that really work? And it's like, it, or, or is that really a thing? And I said, that, that is a thing. Um, it doesn't, doesn't totally protect you though, because if you've got Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on your phone and you're walking by a Macy's or a coffee shop, um, the rest of that profile still exists. So you, yeah. you can't call that phone anymore, but it's still findable. Um, if, and you could still triangulate on that person in different ways. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we should dismiss 
the fingerprinting yet just because it's not down to a single component. Well, yeah. if you think about it, Microsoft's been doing fingerprinting for years. I mean, if if on Windows you change your hard drive, it's like, oh, this may be a new computer. Time yeah. to reactivate, right? It, it's looking at those as groups. And the GPU thing was interesting because it's not just pulling like a serial number or something out of there. It's actually doing some computations using the GPU, seeing how quickly it does it and using that as the fingerprint. It's not just going off a serial number or, you know, like in a computer yeah. with a Mac address or something like that. It's actually doing computations. So they were showing how um, multiple different cards of the same card have unique GPUs just because of the manufacturing of that you're, card. You're like a snowflake. Yeah, right. We're all snowflakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned the, the inside man, Perry. For, for those not familiar, can you tell us what the inside man is? And then we've got a little clip to play. Yeah. So uh, the inside man is a series that um, we, uh, we at Know Before created in collaboration with a company out of the UK called Twist and Shout before we acquired them. And the problem that we were trying to solve with that is that we wanted to create um, a piece of world-class um, content, video content that could really tell an awareness story, a security awareness story, but in the way that, uh, so let me back up, the, the way that we posed the question to ourselves and to Jim and the crew that, that really started this is we said, we want to create a security awareness series that would be what Netflix or Amazon Prime or somebody else would create if they approach that. How do we bring all the storytelling elements in, all the drama, and how, how do we make this something that people want to binge through rather than endure uh, as, they, as they put that up? And uh, gotta, I, I got to tell you, um, four seasons into this right now, I think that we've actually done it. Um, we, we did it in season one, but that was just the proof of concept. And so it was yeah. a little bit lower budget. I still think it was more than anybody had ever spent on an awareness series before, but it was a lower budget. And every season since then, we've been upping up the production, um, upping up the drama, upping up the storytelling uh, elements uh, and more. And this season kind of just knocked all those elements out of the park and took it up another notch. I don't know what we're going to do next season at this point. I know where the story's going, but I have no idea how we're going to top it from a, from a production standpoint. But we, we've got the trailer for season four here. I think if I play it, um, people can see what, what exactly it's about, and then you can uh, maybe unpack it a bit more for us. Yeah, so let's roll the VT. I remember a time when I believed in people. I believed it wasn't their fault. They were just part of a system. I thought they were worth fighting for. But now, now I know that people can't be trusted. They can do something. They just choose not to. It's a choice. And those at the top pull the strings, safe in their privilege. It's time to hit them where it hurts. To take away the protection that money and power gives them and see how they survive. They believe they are untouchable. That's about to change. The pipeline was reportedly taken offline by a coordinated cyber attack. 
the hacker group the 404 claims responsibility for the attacks. They could, um... <coughs> <coughs> Lars, do not go into that room. You're gonna blow up that station. This is where he keeps everything from his past life. Let's go get in the car. The me that they see, it isn't the real me. Get out. Just get out. I'm sorry. I told you. I'm out. What's going on? Every client we have is under attack. Mark, what are you doing? Get out of there. Just get out of there. You can't even be sure it's her. Mark! I can fix this. Mark, what's, what's going on? You can't beat me. You can't stop me. Because I'm willing to do what you won't. Wow. That is yeah. just that is just so cool. <laughs> that is really like you said, I think that fulfills the brief of something that you would see on Netflix or a major streaming film. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's parts in that um, in the screening. So we did a, an employee screening here in Clearwater on uh, that Wednesday night, I guess, uh, just two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we brought down four of the actors. We had a lot of the production crew and everybody, um, and we did it in a cinema. And there were parts in that where you could just feel the emotion of everybody in the room. Um, because there's some high tension in the series and there's some scary moments and there's uh, all the all the things that you hope for in a in a great series like that. I mean, we did have helicopter shots and we had drone shots <laughs> yeah. all through all through Rome and we've got um, you know, a pipeline that's about to blow up and we've got deep fakes and we've got, you know, all that fun stuff. So it was great. Um, but one of the one of the fun things that Eric and I got to do yesterday is um, sit down with Jim, who's the director and the uh, creative director, and then Rob, who's the writer and a, a co-creative uh, director, and uh, for the four cast members that came in, and we did a, a roundtable behind the scenes shoot where we unpacked a lot of the security issues. And um, as part of that, uh, I have something else to share because um, Eric asked me to collect something uh, yeah. from the different cast members that we were there. Um, uh, so, so one of the things that we got um, is, as we went into the theater, was these these little cards where we could have um, them, you know, the different cast members sign them for us. And Eric said, "Hey, can you grab some time with the cast and get them to sign these for me?" So you, you got them to sign some for uh, me. Yeah, I got them to sign. Got oh, all four awesome. of them. Um, and if I can share my screen, let me. Hey, that's there, good. Oh, time. yeah, there we go. Yeah, so I, I won't uh, I won't make this full screen. I'll just kind of show you what I got here. But um, so, ha Javad, <laughs> I got to hang out with it. Now know, you right? had a cameo in there, but I have to say, I mean, come on, now I got to spend all uh, day. Actually, with them. let me yeah, let me do that from current slides. So, is that a full screen slide for you now? Yeah. Okay, um, and you can still see me here. Um, nice. So the first one was from uh, from Ben. 
who plays uh, Mark. Yeah, and he's awesome. What, what he wrote um, to this. Oh, yeah, this is uh, this is a little bit different than maybe what you were hoping for, Eric. Um, we spent good time together. Come on now. Yeah, here, here's what he says. He says um, to Javad, uh, thanks for the loan of the PA, um, of the personal <sighs> assistant. Eric was cracking. Uh, thanks, Ben. Um, so Excellent. Perfect. You, you have you have them convinced that I'm your PA. Is, is that right, Javad? I mean, come on. If it if it if it walks like a PA, quacks like a PA, then <laughs> well, at least I was cracking. I mean, yeah. come on. No, uh, no. Ben was a um, cool guy. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised. Here's, here's uh, Eric. Here's yours from uh, from Cat Giorgio. Um, ah. She says, and, and we spent some good time together yesterday. Oh yeah. Uh, she says, "Nice to meet you, Eric." Um, but it's such a shame that the real deal, Javad, couldn't be here instead. Dude, are you kidding me? Cat. Um, oh man. Oh man, this is rough. I thought we I thought we connected. I, I thought Cat and I connected. You seemed like you had a nice moment there at the table. Um, but I mean, I, I think some people were impressed. Um this now, Brandon, from, Brandon and I, we had eye contact. We were like, what's up, homie? So I know he's gonna yeah, you, yeah. you did make little soulful eye glances at each other. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Here's what he says. This is still not to you for some reason. <laughs> still not he to says, me. No, he says, "Hey Javad, thanks so much for loaning us your PA. It's so kind of you to support that charming young man." <laughs> oh, man. That's like a charity case. Come on, man. Come on. Um, what did you ask? I, How did you ask them, Perry? Were you like, "Hey, Javad, wants you?" Or did you tell him it was for no, me? No, I, I said, um, "I said, you know, Eric, you've spent time with him. Um, just write what feels right, right at the moment. What did you get out of that interaction? You know, channel, <laughs> channel your inter, your your inner self, and express it. Um, and uh, apparently, you made an impression. All right, so last one. Oh." Yeah, this one. Uh, she she was cool. Too. She was really cool. Yeah, Christy. Um, she says, uh, Eric, I'm not sure what happened here. This still written to Javad. Oh, come on. Uh, she says, uh, Javad, I hear many great things from you, uh, uh, from your PA, Eric. I'm thinking of employing him for a while. Email me some quotes. Christy. So uh, that's that. Um, apparently, uh, you made an impression, and uh, I'm not sure what the impression was, but it doesn't seem like what you were hoping for. No, this is kind of this is kind of heartbreaking now, Perry. I mean, um, you know, I, I I have to say, I I think maybe you didn't ask right. Maybe I need to put better parameters around the request next time. Maybe it's that I'm not your PA. <laughs> Man, Javon, I don't know what you did to get in these people. You know, you did have a cameo in season four, though, and and I believe that's you good. did do a pretty good job. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe. They got great reaction in the theater. I'll, I'll tell you that. So every shot with uh, with Javad got a great reaction immediately. Let's not tell him that. It's going straight to his head. He's going to no, need a wider angle. If we don't tell him. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't think we need you next week, Eric. Like it's yeah, <laughs> apparently not. I'll bring you coffee or something, right? Yeah. No, you know what? It was really cool yesterday, though, talking to the cast. And and one of the cool things that I, I thought we saw out of that was they they asked a couple of them, like, do you feel like you're more security aware now? 
and uh and pretty much everyone they asked was like oh yeah oh yeah almost to the point of paranoia um and, and it was nice to see that because that's actually the effect that we want to have on other people too mm-hmm. and what we found is by blurring your screen javad <laughs> nice <laughs> and he ran away uh <laughs> but anyways yeah it's uh it, it oh you're back okay cool uh, but that that's the impact that we want to have on people is is to have them understand this without being like in your face. I mean, traditional yeah. training is like, don't do this, don't do that. And, and it, there's a place for that in some cases, but this is so much different. I mean, it's an, it's a season and episode thing. We're on season four. I mean, if you, if you haven't seen it, folks, um, it is absolutely amazing what's going on with this, this idea behind training like this. Yeah. There's been some really funny things that have happened with Inside Man um, and the way that people become raving fans of it. Um, And speaking of raving fans, one of the things we did is we held a contest where if somebody um, somebody could enter and say that they believe that they're the biggest fan of the Inside Man and that we would bring them down to the screening. And the person that won this actually was a teacher that showed this to her class as part of their security training and um the she had mentioned the contest to the class i think um and they all got together and nominated her because she is such a a fan of this and she she lives in minnesota in the u.s um where it was negative 25 the day that she left to come here and got to florida and it was in the you know mid to high 60s i think that day so it was it was a good time for her um, and it was a really special time for her to be able to, to meet the cast and the production team and everybody else. And that was great. But one of the other fun things that happens with this, and it's happened more than once, is that there will be um, not an admin, not, uh, you know, not an executive, not anybody else that's you know, approved the training, but somebody that's receiving you know, these episodes of The Inside Man as a normal end user in a company. And they get kind of mid-season and then they move to another company. And in the back of their mind, they're like, what's going on with Mark? What's going on with, you know, with all these characters? Like, I've got to know. And so what they'll do, um, and we don't encourage this, but what they'll do is they'll go ahead and sign up for a free no before trial so that they can get access to the mod store and view the rest of the season on their own. And then they'll get the call, of course, from the salesperson saying, hey, we see that you filled out this form. And they're like, man, I got no authorization to do anything. I'm just a new user. I had to know how this thing ended. Um which is which is amazing. Uh, it's fun to you know make the the salespeople <laughs> run like that, um, but it's also it's a really big compliment to us and the team that put that together to say that we've created something that people don't feel like they can leave behind. They have to feel um, you know they feel so connected with the characters and the story that they're willing to endure a sales call yeah. in order to see how it all ends, which well, Perry- is uh, high praise. Perry, you wrote the book, literally wrote the book on transformational security awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this just checks off so many of the different things that are that are yeah. in what it is you're saying about trying to get people engaged. I mean, the content training people is is what half, two thirds engagement, getting them involved, getting yeah. them personally involved, as opposed to something running in the background that they click next, next, next on uh, getting it done. And and I think this approach is a very unique way to do it. I, I think this is something that you that you don't necessarily always do as the primary source of training, right. but maybe as something else. But 
I mean, where does this fit in with your transformational security awareness uh, idea? I mean, one of the biggest things that I put forth in the book was that the main way to, to make an idea stick in somebody's mind is to embed it in a story. And mm -hmm. uh, because we are, you know, we humans are creatures who have learned by story for thousands of years. And that's the way or that's the way history was transferred for a long time. Um, and that's the way we learn as kids is through, you know, parables and fables and all and morality tales. And so this is really the you know, the evolution of that, but for adult based learning is how do we wrap all the things that we need in a story that's compelling, that's fueled by emotion so that the right pieces of our mind open up and say, oh, I need to understand that. Um, and, you know, it's like any story and like any TV production, though, it's not for everybody also. And I have to we, I think we have to realize that is we try to produce something that is fantastic. And by being fantastic in a genre, there are going to be people that love it and there are going to be people that go, hey, that's not for me. It's like any TV show. Um, but that's the thing about creating anything great, I, I think. You, you can't create something um, something great that appeals to the emotion that is going to always be for everybody. And so there's, there's always going to be space for either no before or somebody else to say, hey, you know what? I've got another great story that needs to be told. And it's in you know, a slightly different format, but it's going to do the same core things to our minds. It's gonna engage at an emotional level. It's gonna, going to tell a story and it's gonna get a point across. Wow, awesome. Very good, very good. Javad, so, you got anything? Man, that, you know what? This, this is the thing with Perry. Like I always feel like so dumb because like, I feel so educated <laughs> whenever I listen to Perry. <laughs> I feel dumb when I'm talking. That's the problem. That oh, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, no. yeah, you do an amazing job. And, and, you know, frankly, I mean, this is this is a, a well-known secret. Um, I know I, for one, have stolen probably half of the slides in my presentations from sure. your slide uh -huh. decks because they're so brilliant. They they really just they they catch the eye and they get the emotions. I mean, you're so good at this. I know, Javad, you've probably stolen some from him, too, or. I know others have stolen some of his through me. I mean, right, more recently, know. I've been stealing from you guys. It's, well, right, <laughs> I have to. Somebody, somebody will ask me to go give a presentation on a topic I've never touched on before, and I'm like, I have no idea where to start. I'm just gonna go, <laughs> go look at what they've done. And you're, you're giving people too much of a peek behind the curtain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a very incestuous slide yeah. sharing situation. Speaking of incestuous uh, relationships. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not only Facebook and uh, social, but this right. whole team. Yeah, no, um, yeah. I, I really I just can't say enough about this series. Having been a fan from season one and watching uh, everything progress. I mean, the production values are way up. They hired two freaking helicopters this time to fly around yeah. London. Right. They had one filming another helicopter. It was amazing kind of yeah. stuff. And and like we mentioned, the drone footage is is mind-boggling in some of this stuff so i got to give she jim shields and them credit for what they've pulled off yeah and, and uh even not only having drones but the feats of piloting that some of the drones had to do in order to pull off the shots that they did oh yeah is amazing um so it's not just the fact that we got you know some nice aerial aerial shots with drones but the way that 
the drone was able to pick up certain elements and uh, to navigate the objects that it needed to successfully in order to to continually grab that you know one continuous shot is amazing yeah. um and we also have to say that that uh ross the the person that plays uh charlotte in that always gets these epic drone shots of her uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Every season has some sort of pull away. Yeah. So, uh, so this season you saw that in the trailer that drone shot of her exiting this, uh, you know, fantastic building uh, in Berlin that uh, is a World War II relic that's part of a hacker lair in in this uh, this episode. So it's fantastic. Yeah, and there was Italy in a previous one. Yeah, Italy um, in a previous balcony, one. and oh man, yeah. it's yeah. It's yeah. it's really yeah. apparently is very jealous of her. It's, <laughs> well, I, she the look on her face when we started talking about the helicopter shot she didn't get to go on to oh, <laughs> showed it, us yeah, that yeah. she was a little like oh <laughs> yeah you know what that was really cool being able to spend all that time with these actors and and see you know what some of them asked some incredibly good security questions of us and and yeah. I thought that was awesome that you have these people that had no idea about security prior to this show. And they're getting to the point that they're really thinking about this kind of stuff. We had some really good questions posed to yeah, us they, from the actors. You can tell they they now think deeply about this. Um, yeah. And part of that is not only have they been exposed to the material, but they're also they're good actors. And so they do some research whenever they take on a role and they're like, what should I be feeling whenever this happens to me? Um, if I were to be in employees in an employee's shoes and asking to to, to do something against policy. Why would I do that? And what would the, the effects be uh, against me? So I, I think them stepping in the shoes and really taking on the actor's responsibility of, of understanding this has kind of, um, I, I think it, it puts them almost on par as us, as far as the, the way that they approach it. They don't have the, I don't think that they have the depth that we have uh, yeah. across as many areas, but the mindset that we want to cultivate amongst ourselves, I think is there. They yeah. understand why in a lot yeah. of ways, uh, if not the, the technical thing. part. And I'm going to, I'm going to give us a plug, Perry. I mean, uh, we, this was for the inside, the inside man season four series. That's going to be released along with season four. So it, it's basically us going through each of these episodes and, and being there. So if you want to see these conversations that we're having, this it is a fantastic uh, thing we've done. They've done it for every season. This is the first one I'm on, so of course it's the best uh, of the inside. The inside man, as you can see from what they sent um, to yeah. Javad. Um, <laughs> yeah, you made an impression. Yeah, apparently, apparently no, but uh, it, it really was neat to see this kind of stuff. So look for that se that series too, folks. If if you do watch this, so yeah, and and um, we can find the link to the previous um behind the scenes stuff and i'm sure you can add that to show notes or whatever yeah yeah we're, we're going to add the links and, and some other stuff to the show notes here um once this is out there you know we're doing it live right now but uh it'll go out in the podcast version as well so we'll have the audio version posted up this afternoon um, and this will be available on demand as well on our youtube channel and some other places like that and don't forget folks please i'm going to pop this up again Remember to hit the like button and subscribe. We need like two more subscribers and then we can change our channel name because Javad set this up originally. Seth, 
I don't know, blasphemy. Oh dear, he's got censored. That's a shame, isn't it, Perry? So uh, anyway, Perry, thank you so much for uh, joining us and gracing us with your presence. It's been yeah, amazing. thank you. So uh, so I was a little bit um, you know facetious at the very beginning when I was uh, saying I'm the only reason I'm here is because I was stuck. So uh, been looking forward to participating for a while. So thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem at all. You know, there's a, a, a MTV Cribs that it used to be a show on MTV years ago. It's like they used to go to famous people like musicians and everything there and they'd show them around their, their house. And there was a boy band. I can't remember which one it was, but they were like young teenagers or whatever. And they actually had decorated all of their bedrooms to resemble the Marriott rooms because that's where they would stay all the time. And they said it was a great way to getting over like homesickness. So whenever they wake up, wake up, whenever they're on tour, uh, they'd always feel like they're waking up in their own bedroom. So That's uh, hilarious. <laughs> so maybe you know, if if you if you find yourself traveling a lot more, if you decorate your your home office like like a hotel, I room, will. Uh, I'll ask my wife about that. <laughs> yeah. so we can decorate our bedroom as a Marriott. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Thank you very much, Perry, and thank you very much, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, we will see you next week again on The Jarrett Show. Thank you and goodbye.